This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. This is Healing Sunday. And, uh, you know, I made a commitment that I'm going to at least minister one Sunday a month on healing. And we were doing it on uh, Tuesday nights. But, you know, we have not as many people come out. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, we all have opportunities to battle issues in our health. And um, but, you know, I, I believe that in John 10, 10, and, and you may say, there he goes again. <laughs> John 10, 10. Uh, in John 10, 10, Jesus said, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill and to destroy. A lot. You know, I've even quoted it this way. It's a thief that comes to kill first, but it's really he comes to steal first then kill, and then destroy. And what, what does the thief wants to do? He wants to steal the word of God from us. So, um, uh, you know, we, if, you, if, he, if the enemy or if even your flesh can keep you from the word of God, then he's, he's going to steal you from receiving revelation from the truth of God's word. Amen? So uh, how many people are reading your Bibles every day? I won't, I won't get it. <laughs> but you need to start studying your Bibles every day. Amen? And so, so the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he wants to destroy, uh, you know, the, the wisdom, the knowledge that God has for us. And we get that wisdom and knowledge through his word. Amen? Through God's word. And so, but Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The title of this uh, uh, sermon today is Healing Principles. And so it's, it's Healing Principles. And, and there are divine principles that are attached to walking in divine health. And, and so when Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, you know, I take that literally. I think that I'm supposed to walk in abundance in every area of my life. I, I, I believe I'm supposed to have fruitful relationships. I believe I'm supposed to walk in divine health. I believe I'm supposed to have wealth. Amen. And, uh, you know, in other words, that I have enough for my needs and to meet other people's needs. More than enough, you know, abundant supply. And so I, I believe that. I, I, you know, I know there's times where we may be in deficits. There's times where we may be encounter situations and issues. But we're not supposed to stay in those places. We're supposed to be moving forward. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, move forward. So I'm going to talk to you about healing principles today. And really, God wants us walking the abundant life. And so when we adhere to God's word and we put God's word into practice, we're going to walk in abundant life. Amen. And people are going to be shocked and amazed of what God is doing in our lives. You believe that today? So, so, so the, uh, uh, principle number one, uh, it's called, I call it the divine love principle, the divine love principle. And so this is a key because um, the world doesn't know what love is all about. Um, really, love is defined in this way. Biblical love is defined this way. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's biblical love. So biblical love is, is, is God doing something for us before, that, that, before we even deserved it or earned it. And we, can't, and we don't deserve it and we never earned it. Amen? And so, uh, so biblical love is, is that, that God gave to us. For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. Uh, I was, um, yesterday we were preparing for the trick or treaters. And, uh, last year we probably had about 50 or 60 people. 
And it's a kind of a tradition in our household um, to lock the doors, turn off the lights, and pretend like we're not there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't got anybody laughing on that one. No, we like to use it as an as a, uh, opportunity to evangelize. And so we like to use trick-or-treat where the kids are coming, where we can pass out tracks and that we can, you know, uh, let them know Jesus loves them and all that. I think it's a great opportunity. And I think sometimes because we are, that are enlightened, amen, we know that, that trick-or-treat is not a Christian holiday, right? And so, and we understand that, but we don't want to get so religious that we shut our whole neighborhood down. We turn off the light. No, we want to, we want to be evangelistic. And so, you know, I said, what we're going to do is we're going to buy the best candy bars, amen? And uh, we're going to give them the candy bars, and then we're going to put, you know, you know how we give those candy bars out to visitors, and we're going to put, you know, a Sea Life Church, which, you know, um, on the front, you know, like we do, and because I'm, I'm trying to bring people into the church so they can hear the Word of God, so they can be discipled, amen? And then on the back of it uh, is John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. And so we gave those out to probably about, um, what, 20 people. And last year we had over 60 people come. And I mean, we were scattering, getting it all ready. We were all ready. And only and 20 people showed up. But you never know what can happen to that 20 people. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to get evangelistic. I needed to work out yesterday. So I said, I'm going to grab a couple bars and give it to, a couple candy bars and give it to the, since we were not having a lot of trick-or-treaters, um, uh, to the uh, people over at Planet Fitness. And so I, I said, how many people work on the staff? I gave him two candy bars. And the guy was there. I said, have you ever heard of John 3.16? And the, and the guy behind the counter says, I've heard of that, John 3.16. I said, do you know what it, what it says? He says, no, I don't know what it says. <laughs> I've heard of John 3.16, but I don't know what it says, right? I, said, I turned it over. I said, well, this right here is, a, is, is the gospel right here for God so loved the world. And I just turned it over for him to read it. Amen. There's a lot of people that may have heard of John 3.16, but they've never read it or understand it. Amen. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, you know, it, I, I was being evangelistic yesterday. And so, so we need to love our neighbors. We need to love people outside of our own personal family. And we need to be reaching out to try to be a good neighbor. Amen. So, so, so divi- the divine love principle. And, uh, and here, uh, the greatest commandment Jesus said in Matthew, when, when uh, a person asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And with all your mind, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So we see here that loving God is a key. This is called the divine love principle. What does, what does it look like to love God? What does it look like to truly love God? Well, to love God is to obey God. Amen. That's... That is really, if you, if you really, that what, that's just bottom line. Loving God is walking in obedience to him. Amen. That, that, if you want to boil it down, it's just obeying God. Amen. That, that's, that's loving God. It's, it's following God's word. It's obeying what God's word says. You know, if, the, if, if somebody hurts you, 
uh, you don't curse at them, you pray for them. If somebody does you wrong, you don't talk about them, you pray for them. So all you're doing is taking God. I'm not saying it's easy following God's word. Sometimes it's the most difficult thing in the world to to follow. I mean, when when Jesus says somebody slaps you on the face, he said, and Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Um, You know, that's not an easy, that's not easy. But but how can you do that, Pastor? Only by the grace of God. You can only do that by the grace of God. You, you can't do it any other way. You can't do it in the flesh. You can't work up the love of God in the flesh. No, you can only do it by the grace of God. You know, I, I, I've been, I started praying this prayer. Father, help me this in the mornings when I'm praying. I say, Father, help me not to yield to my flesh today. That's one prayer. I said, give me grace not to yield to my flesh. What, what's the flesh? It's, flesh is whatever is contrary to uh, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, it's the lust of the flesh, you know, help me to not walk in the flesh today and, and, and help me not to yield to any wrong spirit today. Amen. A spirit of anger, or spirit, you know, help me not to yield to, you know, Peter yielded to a wrong spirit one time. Remember that? Remember Jesus was talking and Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. And he kept telling all his disciples, I'm going to the cross. And then Peter said, you can't do that. Jesus and he started and Peter started telling Jesus what he couldn't do. And then what, what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You're not for you. You're only for your own preservation. You're not for what God wants. Amen. And so we can at times even yield to a spirit of anger or a spirit of jealousy. Um, we can do that. But but you can say, Lord, help me not to yield to anything that would hinder uh, people from receiving good from you today. Amen. Amen. And so, so here, uh, that's a freebie today. I'm not going to charge you for that one. You might want to include that in your prayer. And you know what? Since I've been praying that way, I've been being a little nicer. I'm not, I'm not as mean as I used to be. Amen. And hopefully, anybody know what I'm talking about here? Especially in traffic because, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the people that are driving. It's the people... That's probably my, my biggest hurdle. Amen. And so he says here, love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So how do you do that? You put it in practice. Um, you know, yesterday, I, uh, the, the neighbor, uh, it's a single lady that lives right next door to us. And um, I cut her grass one time a couple weeks back. And uh, and um, and she sometimes you know, lets her, her yard go. And so, but um, I just felt led to go ahead and cut it. She, she, she left the house. I said, I'm going to go ahead and cut it while she's not there. And I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to cut it. And it was just the front. It only take 10 minutes. It's not like a big yard. It's not like a real big sacrifice. Okay. And, um, but, uh, you know, I'm cutting my yard and her yard's right next to it. And it's, it's just a small yard. And so I just went ahead and cut it real quick. And then I cleaned up the leaves that was on the side because the water comes down and it gets clogged up if the leaves aren't taken care of. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, you know, at the curb. And so I cleaned up the leaves and all that. And I just, you know, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to not, you know, and she, she knew it was me. I mean, she pulled up. And um, I wasn't going to say anything. And she came up to me and said, I, you are so nice. And I said, well, I said, I said, no big deal. I said, it only took 10 minutes. Not a big deal. I said, I just thought I just hit it. And uh, she said, and she gave me twenty dollars, 
And I said, oh, don't worry about the $20. That's, you know, I don't need that. She said, well, get, well, buy some pizza for your kids. You know, she was insistent. You know, when somebody tries to give you something, I don't want to take away their blessing. <laughs> you, you receive it. You know, you receive it with thankfulness. You, you don't say, I don't need your money. You know, no, no. You know, when somebody's trying to give you something, you know, receive, even if, you know, even if you don't really need it, it, it it's humility to receive. It takes humility to receive. You know, and it's, the prideful person says, I don't need anything. I don't need your handout. I don't need this. But it takes humility to receive. The Bible says freely give and freely receive. Amen. And sometimes we think we're being humble when we don't receive something from somebody. That maybe we're being prideful. Okay. Okay. We won't go there, but we'll continue. And so John 13, 34 and 35. This is interesting. And this is at the end of Jesus's ministry. He's about ready to go to the cross. And this, he spent, he has spent over three years with his disciples, teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then he says, right at the very end, you know, a new commandment I give you. And that's really interesting. He says it at the end of the (laughs) three years. I think if he said it in the beginning, I don't know if they would still be walking with him. Amen. But he said, a new commandment I give you is that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my, my disciples if you have love for one another. So, so how are people going to know that we're the disciples of Jesus, that we love one another? Amen. That we, that we generally have a caring heart towards the body of believers, that we care for each other and, and that, that we're here for each other. And, and, you know, I'm here for you and, and I know you're here for me and we're here and we're all running this race. I mean, we're all running this race together. And you can't run this race by yourself. It was never designed. You were never designed to run this race solo. No, no, no. You need the body of believers. We need each other. We need each other. And and when I see you out here, it encourages me. And, and when you see each other and you see people coming in that you haven't seen in a while, they come in, you're like, wow, man, they're still saved. You know, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) you know what what i'm saying is in other words they're walking out their faith they're still walking out their faith they haven't quit on god amen they're they're still coming they're pushing through they're pressing in so that's what i mean by save they they're 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 continuing to press in to the things of god and you got to continue to press into the things god because there's so many things out here that will try to divert our attention and get us focused on those things. But we need to be focused on the main thing. You know, that main thing. You know, that, that one main thing. And what is that? Our relationship with Jesus. Amen. We've got to keep focused on that. That main thing. Amen. And if you keep focusing on that main thing, everything else will work. But if we're not focused on that main thing, then everything else will start to go down. I really believe that. Now, in John 15, 12 and 13... Uh, Jesus also says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that you, that one lay down his life for his friends. So here, um, he, he takes love to the next level. He takes it to a level of sacrifice. So, so, so if we're not sacrificing, you know, there's a, a certain sacrifice getting up and coming to church. 
there's a certain sacrifice. You got to get ready. You got to get together and all this. You could watch it online, you know, sit right there. And we thank for, we're thankful for everybody that do, that do watch it online. Um, but, you know, there is a much greater sacrifice, but I believe there's a greater reward. I believe the greater the sacrifice that we walk out our faith walk, the greater the reward. And sometimes, you know, we, you need to realize that, that, that God is looking for us to, to sacrifice at times. Amen. Amen. And, and, and sometimes, and it's, not, not, it's because we got to get the selfishness out. Look at your name and say, get the selfishness out. And we all got to get that selfishness out because we're all kind of focused on, you know, listen, if you ever, uh, if you're in a picture, you, you're taking a picture in a crowd and you're in that crowd, when, when somebody shows you the photo, who, who do you look for first? You. <laughs> you don't look for your best friend. There's my best friend right there. Now, you want to make sure you don't look like. Because if you look like that, you're like, get rid of that picture. That's a bad picture. Everybody else could look like shining stars, but you're, you're like. Then, you know, get rid of that picture, right? Because we want to make sure that we look good. If we look good, everybody else could be like. And you would say, that's a great photo. Right? Because we're the ones shining in the photo, right? So we have a tendency. Is that right? We have a tendency to be a little vain. Hello. Do we? At times. And we have a tendency to focus on ourselves. Amen? But, but as we grow in Christ, look at your name and say, grow in Christ. Hopefully that our focus is not so focused on ourselves. But we start focusing on the kingdom of God and on being a blessing uh, to people around us. Amen. So he takes it to another level. He said, no greater love than one lay down his life for his friends. And so we see this, that Jesus laid down his life so that we could have eternal life. Amen. So that we could have abundant, abundant life. So, so I love that. And so Matthew seven twelve says it this way. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of the prophets. So, you know, I, I, every once in a while people beep at me. And I don't know why they're beeping at me. And, um, and, then I, and then I realize I beep at people. Okay, you just, that may have passed over your head. Sometimes I'm beeping at, get going. And then somebody's beeping at me. I'm like, what the? And then I realize you beep at people a lot too. Oh, I do. That's right, Lord. Why is that guy beeping at me? I didn't do anything wrong. Don't you love it when somebody beep at you and you didn't that you didn't realize you did anything wrong, right? But the people that you beep at always do something wrong. Well, we'll continue. And uh, so here, uh, love the unlovely. What am I saying today? I'm saying if you're going to walk in health and healing and wholeness and soundness and preservation protection and you're going to walk in these attributes that God has given, you know, promised us in his word, you're going to have to walk in some love. Amen. Because if you cross the love line, amen, if you cross over that and you start walking in the flesh and you start operating in the flesh, then on the other side of that is death and judgment. Right. If you walk in the flesh, then, you know, then, then that the possibility of being judged, how are you judged? You reap what you sow. Because you, 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 you sow into the flesh, you're going to reap corruption, right? So, so, so if you sow the spirit, you reap life. So walking in love, you'll reap positive. Walking in, in animosity and hate and all that, you, you can, 
reap negative consequences. Like, for instance, the Bible says that if you have bitterness in you, I think it's in Proverbs, that, that now I'm not saying this may be the case with everybody, and it's just what, what it says in Proverbs, and, and, but, but it, it says that, 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 that arthritis could be a key to bitterness in our lives. It could be. I'm not saying it's always the key. The devil could be attacking us, but, but that might be something you might want to check. Are we bitter? Are we bitter towards God? Are we bitter about our circumstances? Are we bitter about somebody, a relationship? Are we bitter? I'm going to say this. Don't get bitter, get better. Amen. And, and you got to, you got to be able to understand. You got to be able to, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, study your own self. Know thyself. Know thyself. Amen. You got to know, you know, there's areas in your life. Like when I'm praying uh, in the mornings, I try to pray in the mornings. I, 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 and, I, and I pray through the Lord's Prayer, and, and it comes to a part, forgive me as I forgive those who trespass against me. And I try to think, is there anybody, and if I still think that I may have something again, I'm going to keep praying for that person until I feel like there's no, no problem between me and that person. Amen. In other words, blessings on that person. Yes. Amen? I'll keep doing it every day. Yes. Lord, bless this person. Yes. Forgive this person. And, and, um, and Lord, I, I forgive them. Amen? Yes. And so what? What would that do? It will remove the feelings of animosity towards that person. Right. Amen. Amen. Because what it is, a lot of times we're governed by emotions and we're governed by feelings. And our feelings will push us into areas that may not be good. Amen. So, so, so here, love the unlovely. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he, he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. And uh, uh, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet brethren only, what do do? Uh, yeah. If you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect. Just as your father in heaven is perfect. So, you know, uh, Jesus is quoting this and Jesus sets a high bar. What he's saying here in perfect, we can't be perfect. But but another word for that is to be mature, uh, to be growing in our faith and to be growing in love. Amen. Amen. Say I'm growing in my faith and I'm growing in love. Amen. Uh, we have to understand this. If we're going to walk in divine health, we have to understand this, that we have to know for a shadow of doubt that that's God's will for us to walk in healing. Amen. Because, see, see, there's preachers that don't have the light on healing and they they can minister in a way. Well, God will, you know, put sickness on you to teach you something. And um, and and I understand that. But. But God wants to teach us through his word and not through adversity. Amen. God wants to teach us through his word and not through adversity. But sometimes adversity can come in and it, it, can, it, it, it can teach us, but his word is better. I'd rather read his word and be taught and obey his word than disobey his word and then have the, the law teach me. I don't want the law teaching me. Amen. I want the word of God, the grace. And so, his, so, so the Lord's prayer is a key um, which I love, is a key prayer that reveals the Father's heart towards the body of Christ. And, and uh, Jesus 
uh, said, pray in this manner, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we see this, that God's will should be down here like it is in heaven. Amen. And in heaven, everything's perfect. Love, no disunity, no sickness. Uh, everybody's blessed. Amen. So God wants the same atmosphere down here as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. So that's God's will. So, 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 so you can say, well, if, if Jesus is, uh, said that this is a prayer, a model prayer uh, on how to pray, then we, we need to be fitting our life like it would be in heaven. No sickness. So it's God's will for you to walk in health. Amen. Uh, Jesus's commission to the disciples when he was training them up in Luke four. Uh, well, his, his commission um, in uh, Luke 10, eight and nine, uh, it says here, whatever city you enter. And they receive you, eat such things as before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God come near you. So so Jesus in the book of Luke. He was training up his disciples to walk out the kingdom and he sent them two by two and he sent them two by two to what? To uh, to heal the sick. Amen. To cast out devils, to set people free. Amen. The kingdom all, is all about setting people free. Amen. If you if you want to boil it all down, it's getting people in a relationship with God and setting them free. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. We're here to help bring people, you know, when you witness to somebody, when you pray for somebody, when you do something nice for somebody, you are you are promoting the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And so we see here that that uh, that you can see it's the will of God because it was the disciples commission. And then, of course, the Great Commission, Uh, the Great Commission is Mark 16, 15 and 18. And it says here, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Uh, you have power over the devil. Amen. You have power over, to break the devil over your family's lives. You uh, Spouses, if your spouse, your, your other spouse uh, is not acting right, pray for them. You know, uh, uh, take authority over it. There's, there might be spirits trying to come against them. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for people that, that they're doing wrong things. Amen. Amen. Because they might be, you know, it may be a demonic spirit um, trying to draw them into doing wrong things. Amen. So you bind the devil. Bind the devil in people's lives. When Brother Hagin kept praying for his brother... Um, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name. It's a weird name. What was his brother's name? Dub. With a brother's name like that, Dub. I don't know where they got that name from, Dub. So, but his name was Dub anyway. Um, and, uh, but he was, you know, he was running with the world and wasn't saved. He was a truck driver. And uh, not, not anything bad about truck drivers, amen. There's good Christian truck drivers. But he was a truck driver and, uh, and he wasn't saved, and Brother Hagen kept praying for him, and the devil kept saying, he's going to go to hell. You know, you know you, have you ever prayed for your family members, and you just get this thought, they're going to hell? You know? And the enemy will try to do that. And, but no, you and your household are going to be saved. You need to stand on that. And uh, so he, he, he got the revelation. He, said, he kept saying, God, do something, and God said, you need to do something. 
And Brother Hagin said, what do you mean I need to do something? You need to do something, God. And, and the Lord said to him, I've already done something. I sent Jesus 2,000 years ago. Amen. And, but you need to do something. What, what I need to do, uh, the Holy Spirit said to him, you need to bind the devil in his life. And then you need to call him into the kingdom. And so he took authority over the devil from blinding him, from seeing the truth. And he called him into the kingdom of God. And then he rested. You know, he spent years fasting and praying. And then, you know, within a few weeks, his brother got saved. Why? Because sometimes you need to bind the devil off of people because they, they're hindered and from receiving and walking in the grace. And so, so, so you need to do it for them. Amen. Amen. And so uh, uh, and so and then God can move in their life and work. Amen. So, so it says in the Great Commission that we have power. Amen. Say, I have power. And we have power over the devil. Amen. And so um, we continue here. And at the at very end of it, it says, and they, uh, verse 18, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You are called to pray for the sick. Can I say it again? You are called to pray for the sick. You can pray for yourself. You can lay hands on yourself and pray for yourself. Or you can pray for others. If there's a pain, you can lay your own hand on your own body and say, in the name of Jesus, I command this pain to leave. Amen. Amen. You can uh, pray. You have authority over your body. Yes. Amen. And so, so we got to get that. We got to get that revelation. Uh, healing is is um, is is for us, and it's God's will because it's paid in the atonement. The atonement is what Jesus paid for in Isaiah fifty three five. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And so we see that that's in Isaiah. So, it, so Jesus already paid the price for our healing. He already paid the price for our prosperity. He already pray, paid the price for our salvation. But we have to learn to receive it and walk in it. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And that's not always easy, but you can do it. You can receive it and walk in it. Amen. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, the reason why we need faith is because we don't see things yet. See, see, if we have it, we don't need faith. Amen. See, you're praying, God, I need that $1,000. I need that help to pay my mortgage, right? Somebody places $1,000 in your hand. You don't keep praying, Lord, I need that $1,000. You got it. Toyota. You don't, need, you, you don't need faith for that. You got it. See, faith is, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So your faith brings into existence what you're believing God for. So, so, so your faith is bringing in, the, the, your faith brings it into existence. Amen. So we got to learn to, to operate in that. And, and the, these are our, our key truths. The reasons why believers don't receive healing, and, and I, I wrote down a few of these, a reason why a failure to take authority over sickness and, and, or the devil putting the, or, or we put the responsibility of healing on God. So, so we, we have a failure to take authority over the devil or the sickness, or we, 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 we put it on God. God, if you're going to do something about my healing, you need to take care of it. Like, Lord, when are you going to heal me? So you kind of put the responsibility back on God. Lord, when are you going to heal me? In a sense, he's already healed you 2,000 years ago, but you need to start getting an agreement by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. Amen. You got to get yourself in agreement with God's healing power. Amen. If you, you see... Hope puts it out in the future. Faith has it now. So, so you don't want to put it out in the future. So we have a failure of, of taking authority over that pain. In other words, we don't, we don't take authority over it. We just talk about it. We, we, we 
you know, we, sometimes we, it's hard not to talk about our pains. It's something that we, because sometimes we want uh, empathy from people. We want people to feel our pain. You know, you ever go through something, you got to tell somebody, no, you don't know what I went through last week. My God. Let me just tell you what I went through last week. I, I, and then you guys trade war stories. You went through something bad. Let me tell you what I went through. What? You, no, no, mine's bigger. You know what I'm saying? You, you trade war stories. On, on who's going, man, I ain't, well, I got that, I, I can top that. I didn't sleep one wink last night. What? Right? We trade war stories of how the devil's trying to destroy our life. Right? And, and we're kind of excited about it a little bit. You know, I mean, let me just tell you what I've been going through, man. I, but the Bible says that, that you know, we're going to make it through the kingdom and we're going to struggle through this life. I understand that, but we don't want to be trading off the war stories. Let me tell you this. You have the power of, of God in your life, and you have the power to get the devil out of your life and out of your family's life. Ephesians four twenty six and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So here, Paul is saying that we don't have to give the devil any place. He's talking here about anger. So, so you don't have to give the devil any place. First Peter 5, 8, 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the sufferings of experience by your brotherhood in the world. So Peter is saying here that we need to resist the devil. Right? Uh, uh, Paul says, give no place to the devil. Peter says, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like seeking whom he may devour, right? So you have to resist, stand against the works of the enemy. I love James. James says it this way. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, so these, you know, you, you got uh, Paul, Peter, James. I think they deal with the same devil we all deal with. Right. And they learn some things in their walk. They learn some things about walking and resisting the enemy. Romans 520. Moreover, the law entered the offense might abound. But where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So 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 sin is synonymous to Satan and God's grace is bigger than Satan. God's grace is bigger. God empowers us. Uh, Romans 614 for sin should not have dominion over you for you're not under the law. But you're under grace. So when you're under grace, you're under the empowerment of God. And when I pray, God, help me not to yield to the flesh today. Lord, help me um, uh, not to uh, yield to any wrong spirit that would cause me to do anything wrong. Then that re- that's getting the grace of God in my life. Instead of me trying to resist myself, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to. Have you ever said you're not going to eat ice cream? And you find yourself eating that ice cream? Come on, let's get real here. Because why? You're putting the law there. You're putting a law in place. And when you put a law against the flesh, the flesh wants a buck against the law. Come on, people. I, I, I find myself, I'm not going to eat anything bad. I'm eating that chocolate chip cookie. Well, one won't hurt. After the third one, you know. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying today? The, the, the flesh does not like law. That's why God won't tell you what to do. That's why you can't be praying for God to show you everything step by step. No, he wants to lead you. He's not a God that wants to control you. He wants to lead you. A controlling spirit will come in and try to try to control you and act like he's the Holy Spirit and try to tell you what you need to do. But you don't want a God that serves like that. You want a God that leads you and guides you in all truth. Amen. 
So in Ephesians 2, 6, it says, it says here, uh, this is the rest principle. And I'm trying to get closed down here. What we need to do is we need to take authority, one key, and, and, uh, or principle. And the next principle is, is we've got to get into the rest of God. And I really believe that this is really the key to, to receiving our healing if we learn to rest in God. That is the key because what is the enemy trying to do? When we get that negative report, he's trying to get us in fear. The devil's trying to get us in fear. He's trying to get us anxious. We get the bad report about our job. We get a bad report about our family. We get a bad report about the dog. Whatever. He's trying to get us in fear. The devil. Trying to get us anxious. Trying to get us upset. Hello. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? The enemy's trying to get us out of rest. In other words, he's trying to get, keep us from trusting God. Oh. Because, see, listen, listen, God works out all things for good to those that love him and called according to his purposes. Amen. So God's working all things out for our good. What the enemy means for evil, God can turn for good. So we got to get that. In. Well, God's going to work it out for good. Yeah, the devil may be trying to do something, but God's going to work this thing out for good. It's going to it's going to come. It's going to be a positive in my life. Are you listening? It's going to turn out for my good. You know, Joseph, it didn't look good for him to be in the pit. It didn't look good when all his brothers wanted to kill him. And, you know, they were trying to, they were going to kill him and then thank God for the grace. And, and they found some, some slave traders and they traded him in there. It didn't look good, but he was in Potiphar's house. But God was with him in Potiphar's house. God prospered him in Potiphar's house. God can prosper you in Exceed Life Church. God can prosper you in Virginia Beach. God can prosper you wherever you're at. God, God can do it. Even though it may feel like you're in a prison today. It may feel like you're encountering all these issues and turmoil. God can prosper you in the midst of it. You believe that today? And then, of course, we know Joseph got thrown in the prison and God prospered him in the prison. And so he prospered in the prison, still used his gifts. He did not give up on God. And then finally, God prospered him in the palace. Amen. Amen. So it looked like it wasn't for his good, but God was working all things out for Joseph's good so that he could be the prime minister. Thus, case in point, he was in government. So God can raise people up to go into government. Amen. Amen. You believe that today? He was a prime minister, amen, of Egypt, and he was basically running Egypt, amen. And so we see this, that God, in Ephesians 2, 6, it says here, now this is all about rest, and I'm trying to close down here. It says in Ephesians 2, 6, he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when you, when you, when you think about that, he, he, made, he, he raised us up, so we're raised up, right? And then he made us sit together in heavenly place. So a, a, a place of sitting is a place of rest. A place of sitting in heavenly places is a place of resting in the grace of God. You're resting. You're not wrestling. I've wrestled at times in prayer. But, but, it, but now I'm in a rest. I've been wrestling a lot of times in my prayer life. And I've just, I just entered into a rest. I was praying this morning. I almost fell asleep. I was so rested. <laughs> Have you ever been praying? I was like, oh, God. I had to keep thinking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Have you ever been praying and falling asleep? And I, I was so rested. I almost fell asleep this morning. I'm like, okay, what, what, let me get back on track here. 
<laughs> Anybody been there? Some of you might be falling asleep right now. Keep, stay awake. When is this pastor going to finish this message? Amen. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, so what, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, just hook up with me. I'm not going to be telling you to do a bunch of stuff to get you all worn out. Jesus is not about getting you, you know, trying to do a thousand things. Sometimes our flesh wants to do a bunch of stuff. No, no, no. Jesus, is, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, so, so when we hook up with Jesus, he's not trying to get us to do a bunch of stuff, to run to this meeting and run to that meeting and see if God's over there and see if... It'll, it'll, I mean, it'll stress you out. No, his yoke is easy. Say, say God's yoke is easy and his burdens are light. So if it's hard as a Christian, if you say, man, it's hard being a Christian, then you haven't really yoked up to Jesus like you need to. Because Jesus' burdens are light. Amen. His yoke is easy. It's the way of a transgressor. Oh, I'm preaching today. That is hard, the Bible says. A transgressor's ways is hard. But when you're walking in God, it's easy. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. Uh, I shall not want. In other words, I shall not lack for anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Notice it says that he, that, that I shall not want. In other words, see, God, Jehovah God, he's Jehovah Rapha. He's, he's Jehovah Shalom, uh, your peace. He's Jehovah Rapha, your healer. He's, he's, uh, well, all the other Jehovah's. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> Jehovah Nissi. I think, I don't know what that means. Your banner, perhaps. Uh, uh, Jehovah, sit, sit canoe, your righteousness. <laughs> sit canoe, what, what a word. And it, well, sit, hey, that works with my message. Sit canoe, okay. Sit in a canoe, okay. Um, uh, but he's your righteousness. Amen. God is your right. And you can say, you don't lack anything. See, I'm going to say this this morning. You don't lack anything in God. Amen. You got all things in God. You, somebody say, I lack nothing in God. You don't lack anything in God. You have all things. You have, you know, all the blessings of God or yes and amen. Amen. And so here, now we have to understand how to walk in that faith. I've got to close this down. We've got to understand how to walk in that faith. Principle. How do we do that? We, we take action. We take action. We must take God's word, first of all, uh, truth. Amen. Uh, the centurion, uh, you guys remember the centurion that, that, that came to Jesus and said, my, my servant is sick. Remember that? And, it's, and, it, and then Jesus said, well, I'll go heal him. I'll go walk over 10 miles to your house or how far you are. And I'll go lay hands on him and get him healed. You know, God can heal many different ways than just laying hands on people. And Jesus said, I'll just go. I'll go over there. And, and then, of course, the centurion said, you don't have to go. Just speak the word. And my servant Beal. So, so what did that say? Then Jesus said, oh, I haven't seen great faith in all of Israel. And all his disciples were there, right? And, and, he, said, and he said, of course, this kind of faith gets you in heaven. He's saying, this kind of faith gets you sitting at the table. This, what kind of faith? Taking God's by his word and just believing it. 
this kind of, I believe God's word. Amen? Just taking his word and, and believing it, that's the faith that we need to walk in. We need to take his word. And then what we need to do is we need to understand the faith principle of the lady with the issue of blood. I'm just going to, I'm shutting this down because I know it's time to shut down, but uh, the lady with the issue of blood was, was sick for 12 years. Somebody say long time. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but, you know, it says here in Mark 5, 25 through 34, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians. So the doctors didn't help her out. Amen. Sometimes doctors, they don't know everything. They're not God. Amen. And she had spent all that she had and was no better. But I'm not against doctors. Thank God for them. Amen. They keep a lot of people alive that don't have faith. But we'll continue. But rather grow Worse, I'm not saying it's not faith to go to a doctor. Let's continue. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself, power that gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? My clothes. But his disciples said to him, you see multitudes thronging you. And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what has happened to her, came, fell down before him and told him the whole truth and said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, I want you to underline that. Daughter, your faith has made you well. I'm going to say this this morning. Your faith can make you well. I'm not talking about somebody else's faith. I'm not talking about my faith. I'm not talking about the evangelist that walks in gifts of healing's faith. I'm talking about your faith can make you whole. In other words, God's word produces faith in you. And when you stand on God's word long enough, you'll have what you're believing him for. You, it may take some time. It may be a process, but you got to stand. So what did she do? She said it. She said to herself, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I'll be. Able. She said something. She confessed. She confessed uh, what she believed would happen if she got to Jesus. You start, have to start believing. Listen, there was a lady. Man, I'm trying to close down. There was a lady that had a herniated disc, was going to go into an operation the following week. She didn't have a car, and I was having a Sunday night service, and she, and she basically told her uh, neighbor, if, uh, she needs to get to our church. I don't know, maybe she read the healing, uh, uh, the, the miraculous testimonies on our church website. She knew that our church believed in healing. And she said, I just feel like i got to get to that church. And so she, she, the, she talked to her neighbor and said, get me there. And the neighbor said, or I'll walk. And she was that, you know, you got to get that serious. And so the neighbor got her to the church and she came in on a crutch. And you know what? We prayed for her that night and God did a miracle and healed her that night. And I'm telling you, she straightened up. She dropped the cane down. She said all the pain has left her and she was miraculously healed. She was, she was taking all these medications. She lost her job, all that. And we helped her get her job back. She was a nurse. And she was in a bad situation. But she believed. She said, if I could just get to the church, if I could get to the Word, if I could get to the Bible, if I could you know, get to somebody that believes, that can stand with me. And she stood and she received her miraculous healing. And this lady said, if I could get to Jesus. And she 
pressed through. She said it. She did it. She acted on her faith. You got to act on your faith. You got to act like the word of God is true. Then she received it. You have to learn to receive healing. Now you may say, I don't feel anything. I still feel like I'm in pain. Yeah, you might still be in pain, but, but don't go with what you feel. Go with what the word of God says and what you believe. Your believing has to override your feelings. Now I'm not saying it is easy. And I'm not saying it, you know, I've tried it. And I've tried it. And uh, at times, you know, I, didn't, I don't have perfect faith. I had to go through an operation. But I, I, I tried to stand for six months. And I said, six months is enough. I'm going to the operation. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go. Amen. I, sometimes you just got to go. I mean, I'm like, God, I, I, six months, I'm done. Right. Right. I tried, I'm done. Amen. You know, we're, I'm going under the knife. I sure didn't want. I had more fear of going under the knife I think that was my problem. I, I just didn't want to go to the doctor, you know. And, uh, but I went under a knife and got fixed up. Thank God for the doctor. But I stood as long as I Sometimes you stand as long as you can. Amen. And you keep standing. But if God directs you a different way and gets your healing a different way, gets get you fixed a different way, then don't just rule that out. Don't rule out another way or another avenue. God may want you to go to the doctor. At least get checked out. At least you know what you can put your faith on. Right. Don't ignore it. Right. No, go get checked out. Make sure, you know, have some good, co- we throw common sense out with faith sometimes. You have some common sense. Amen. Is this helping anybody today? Yeah. Amen. This is how you're going to get your healing. And then you need to learn to receive it. Thank God for it. And then you need, once you receive it, you need to just testify that God has healed you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we need to keep testifying about the goodness of God. You know, I'm delivered, glory God. I'm set free, hallelujah. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And we need to testify all the time about God's goodness. That lady got, that was healed of a herniated disc, she went on the radio and she was telling everybody how she got healed. Why? Because she was glorifying God in the blessing that God provided for her. And when God blesses you and when God does something for you, you need to tell other people about it. You need to let them know that God sets you free. Maybe you were entrapped in something here. Maybe you you dealt with something there. But when God has set you free, you need to let people know about it. You're free from whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Did you receive it this morning? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that we're taking a hold of your truths and, and we're becoming like that centurion that, that says, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that this morning there are people here in the audience, those that are watching online, that may be suffering with issues and situations, that physical issues. And Father, I know there's people that's been standing long I believe in you for supernatural healing. And I believe that today is the day of healing. Today is the day of salvation. Perhaps you're here in the audience or watching online and you have not fully given your heart over to Jesus. You, you, you know, Jesus is there, but he's, he's Lord and Savior, but he's your Savior more than he's your Lord. And so I'm going to say this. Today is the day to make him your Lord. In other words, put Jesus first place in every area of your life. And so don't hold anything back. So if that's you watching online or perhaps you're here this day, today in the audience and you know that you need to give your life fully to God, you need to sell out to God, say this and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross. 
for my sins. Jesus, I believe you're raised from the dead for my justification. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me live for you. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.